Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. The happiest of happy Fridays to everybody. We have got a football Friday, and we are on our grind at Bickley and Murata mornings. Speaking of grind, you want to know what a grind is? I don't know if you've heard this story. Sometimes on morning radio, I listen to a lot of very early morning stuff because I've got a long commute in, mm-hmm. in the mornings. You do. Know, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they sometimes play these really inspirational vignettes, filler, I think you might call them. So on some other radio station, I heard this story. Have you heard the story of Kevin Jones, a 27-year employee of Burger King. Have you heard the story? I have not. Okay. Kevin Jones is 54 years of age. He has worked at Burger King for 27 years. He has never, ever, ever missed a shift. That's In 27 his, Literally years. half his life. That's half his life. And he works at the one in the McCarran Airport in Vegas, okay? So he retired. And the company got wind from his daughters that, hey, just so you know, you might want to do something nice for my dad because my dad has never missed a shift. And they're like, oh, crap. We better look into this. And they found out, yeah. Homie has never missed a shift. So they scrambled. They put together the lamest ass gift. <laughs> it was like a, a popcorn vat with a movie ticket and a hat. Just huh? the du- right. The dumbest thing imaginable. They were scrambling to do something nice for this guy. So they did the dumbest thing imaginable. The story blew up. A GoFundMe account was raised. Dude got over $300,000 from people who were like, no, you need more than that, homie. Yeah, that's what's So up. in honor of Kevin right. Jones. Two things about that. Yeah. <laughs> One. Uh, working at the airport seems like such a hassle. I always yes. thought about that people that have to drive, because driving to the airport as a regular person is annoying. They have to do that every day. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but two, no, you, but two, you have to park like off-site basically almost. Right. And get two, busted. Exactly. Right. right. Every two. day. I would love to retire at 54 years old. Oh, that's a good point. What a life. That's a what a life. Yeah, it's Here's not going to happen for me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Here's the other thing, too, about working at the airport. You're, you're stationary and everybody else is going someplace. So you feel like the world is literally passing you by because literally that's what's happening. That is happening. It's uh, quite happening. The Kevin Jones story reminded me of something. I don't know if you talked about this with Tim Ring or, or here on the show while I was on vacation. Um, the guy who hit the half court shot at the Indiana Pacers game. Did you hear about that guy? I think I did, but go ahead. Some, in some NBA arenas, you hit a half court shot. You win big cash, mm-hmm. like $75,000. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. I think if somebody won, the, the Suns had had a giveaway for, for a shot at a car this year. This guy at a Pacers game hit a half-court shot, sunk it. You know what he won? 
Five hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, come on! Five hundred bucks. <laughs> How about a little something you know for the effort? <laughs> Goes a long I way. Mean, come on, that's true. That's a house. <laughs> that's a house. Wow. Yeah, a little pink house. <laughs> Yeah. Well done, Ben. No, thank you, man. Well thank done. you. So we're so we're on our grind today. We're gonna have some fun. Start the show, Jared. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, another day into the offseason, the Arizona Cardinals requested permission to speak to another head coaching candidate. Matt Barrows of The Athletic reported Thursday that the Cardinals have asked to speak to San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans for their coaching vacancy. Ryans is 38 years old and after a 10-year playing career in the NFL, has been on the 49ers coaching staff for six seasons, including the last two at D.C. Uh, San Francisco had the top overall defense in the league this season, yielding just 300 yards per game. They were third in the league last year under Ryan's watch. He becomes the third known candidate on the Cardinals list, joining Sean Payton and current defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. I don't know what your thoughts are on D'Amico Ryan's as a candidate well, here in Arizona. Listen, if, if anybody deserves a look, it's this guy, but just a warning, not all coordinators are built to be head coaches. He's, he's made a major impact in San Francisco his players love him. Um, that team, more than any, has shown the, the ability to make phenomenal halftime adjustments and just smother people. Yeah, I mean, he's worthy to take a look. Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad Michael Bidwell's getting out there and talking to people who are not, you know, already in his building. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the casting the net far yes. and wide. Yes. Uh, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, Cardinals also requested permission to interview Ravens Director of Player Personnel Joe Ortiz for their vacant GM position. He's been with the Ravens for 25 years and has interviewed in recent seasons for GM jobs with Pittsburgh and the Giants. Seeing Rappaport of NFL Network put it out there this morning that Ortiz will get his interview today along with Tennessee Titans director of player personnel Monty Austinfort. That'll happen today. So mm. the GM search going on simultaneously. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, their quarterback situation still not very clear going into their wild card game oh, I think at Cincinnati it is. on Sunday. I Tyler, think he's out. He's He's oh Lamar Jackson's definitely. Oh, out. oh I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, he posted on social media that his left knee remains unstable and that his injury is much more serious than first thought. So you can hold out. Uh oh. You know, if you're holding out hope for Lamar Jackson returning, sorry. Uh, Tyler Huntley was back at practice yesterday and throwing in practice. He hadn't thrown since January 1st. He's got tendonitis in his shoulder. Either way, that's a huge blow. Not to have the uh, possibility yeah. of Lamar Jackson. I know. Play. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough break for the Ravens. Uh, the NFL announced yesterday if the Bills and Chiefs play in the AFC Championship game, that contest will be played in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Of a, you know me, I was cringing at the idea of playing in a dome. I couldn't think of a worse dome to play in than Atlanta. You've been there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I listen. I've heard, I just, I've heard it's palatial. I guess. I. It just. It's just so wrong. It's it just. These are probably going to be Midwestern, Northeastern teams, and you're parking them in the South in a dome. 
come on. I got no issue. I know you don't. You love dome football. I, I just, I hate it. I don't I hate love it. dome football. I hate weather football. Okay, uh, gotcha. If that game goes down, 6.30 Eastern, uh, Sunday, January 29th. And the Chicago Bears, they have a new president and CEO. They plucked Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren away to take over their front office, replacing Ted Phillips. Weird. Nobody in the Big Ten seems to be all that concerned that he's leaving. Yeah, but, I mean, he wasn't there very long. He had a very Three eventful years. tenure and got that massive television deal done. Mm-hmm. I guess he thinks, oh, my work here is done. I guess. Now so on to, teams? Now I... on to fix the Bears. Bears. Uh, Bears. Yeah, good mid- luck with that. Suns <laughs> <laughs> in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves tonight for game three of their four-game road swing. Phoenix has split the first two games of the trip, of course, beating Golden State on Tuesday and then fell, falling to Denver on Wednesday. DeAndre Ayton has been upgraded to questionable for tonight's game with that ankle injury. He's missed the last two games. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit remain out for tonight. Wolves are 20-22. and 22. Uh, They had their four-game winning streak snapped in Detroit on Wednesday night. Anthony Edwards also questionable for the contest. He's got a sore hip, too. Man, there's a c- contagious... <laughs> hip with a condition going on ah, in the league right now. This was now. the winnable game in this stretch, so. It still is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tonight's game, 6 o'clock. <laughs> pre-game coverage starting at 5.30 on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. ASU dismantled Oregon last night in Eugene, 90-73 to in a game that wasn't that close. Best they've looked in a long time, in my opinion. Uh, right up there with the Michigan contest. Yeah. Uh, but, wow. Uh, Desmond Cambridge Jr. paced the Devils with 21 points. DJ Horn can't Five three-pointers for his 15. Devin Cambridge scored 14. ASU now 5-1 and one in Pac-12 play. First time they've got off to a 5-1 and one start in conference play since 1981. Yeah. That defense can carry them a long time. If they can continue to harness that. Last yeah. night was just a... Uh, it was... That was impressive. Yeah, they were they were on a different level last night. Sun Devils will be in Corvallis uh, Saturday to face Oregon State at 2. Meanwhile, in Corvallis last night... Meanwhile, uh, the ninth-ranked Arizona Wildcats down to Oregon State 86-74 as Julius Tabellis led U of A with 25 points. Omar Balo had 15 and 14 for the Cats. GCU destroyed UT Arlington 80 to 48, and it was almost a four for four clean sweep for Arizona schools. NAU couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion to Portland State 75 74 on a three pointer with one second left. Same guy who hit the buzzer beater hit a three with 10 seconds left to pull the Vikings to within one. Tough loss there. Coyotes losing streak is at seven. They lose to Ottawa 5 3 at Mullet Arena. Coyotes played without Clayton Keller for most of the night. He got a game misconduct in the first period, played just four minutes. Quick two-game road trip in Minnesota against the Wild tomorrow, and then Winnipeg to face the Jets on Sunday for the Yotes. Rory McIlroy is committed to the field for the WM Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale next month. It will be McIlroy's second appearance at the tournament. He finished tied for 13th in 2021. That field expanded this year. 132 players competing for an increased total purse of... A lot of money. $20 million. $20 million. There's, uh, I never got to the tidbits about this, but there are um, there are some sacrifices that the tournament's going to have to make because of that, that that may not be received very well. 
like to the fan experience? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll get into that whenever you want me to, to cer- get into it that. It certainly could affect the party vibe from what you told me. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's it, at least on 18. It's all yeah. about the party. Well, well of course. <laughs> Golf. What's the, that? The Los Angeles Dodgers released right-hander Trevor Bauer six days after designating him for assignment. They had until 2 p.m. Eastern yesterday to find a trade partner, but they couldn't. So he's gone. He gone. And the uh, Dodgers owe him $22.5 million salary for 2023. He has not pitched since June 28th of 2021 after being accused of sexual assault. And I'm very curious to see now that he's out on the open market, who's going to kick the tires on the former Cy Young Award You could sign him for $700,000. Yes, you could. Any team has that opportunity. Yeah, uh, $700,000 and a lot of residual oh, costs and yeah. collateral oh, yes. damage. Oh, yes. Uh, there's more than that with but the price tag. Somebody will do We've it. We've seen uh-huh. it in the past. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's your splash. I'm voting the Houston Astros. Ooh, really? Well, well they're just, just filthy. I'm voting the Cleveland Browns. Oh, for oh, you're voting the Cleveland Browns. Friday the 13th. Ooh. Ooh. I left my hockey mask at home. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> The latest on the uh, Cardinals coaching search with Sean Payton and others getting involved. That is straight ahead here on this Football Friday. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And the Sean Payton sweepstakes are catching fire here, MJ. We've known that Sean Payton is set to talk to the Denver Broncos. That's going to happen next week. Add two more teams to the mix. First of all, the Arizona Cardinals, who have a head coach opening and a general manager opening, have received, have requested and received permission to speak with Sean Payton. And that is not all. The Houston Texans, maybe a little bit of a surprise here, but the Houston Texans have also requested and received permission to speak with Sean Payton. So now three teams in the Sean Payton sweepstakes, and you would think that if any team wants to talk to Sean Payton, they would know it is going to cost them. The New Orleans Saints want a first-round pick and potentially more for compensation to allow another team to hire a head coach under contract with them. By these teams requesting and then receiving permission, you would think all of them are on board with that. So Sean Payton certainly seems to have some options, and these Saints seem like they're going to get compensated richly. Dean Rappaport from NFL Total Access yesterday on NFL Network, kind of laying out there what uh, we've been speculating upon. Mm -hmm. Richly compensated, the New Orleans Saints. Um, If this goes down, again, you you can't dismiss the fact that this might just be a fact-finding mission for Sean Payton. He is under no obligation to go anywhere to coach anything. He's talked about what the perfect fit is for him, what he looks for in a team that he likes to coach. He doesn't find those ingredients next year. The, the offers will be there. The money will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, again, I, I think you have to keep that yeah, somewhere in the mix. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have to be, he, he can be picky about this, and I, I assume he's going to be. I, I also don't, don't know if he's the pioneer in all of this, but there clearly is a new trend among NFL head coaches of ducking out, taking a sabbatical just when things are starting to get real, real bad. And you're starting to see that a lot more. Well, I won't say a lot more, but the fact that Sean McVay is kind of going down that path, the yes. fact that yeah, the I, fact that Sean Payton has gone down that path, it's it's a way. I think coaches now are realizing I'm not going through these lengthy rebuilds. I'm 
I'm too good for that. I'm going to tap out. And I'm going to wait for somebody on the open market to come and get me with the quarterback I want. I think that's what's happening here. I think Sean Payton's at the very, very beginning of it. Yeah, and I, I you know, your point on the the Rams are waiting. They're playing the waiting game right now with Sean McVay, who came out earlier this week and said to his assistant coaches and to the organization, "I'm not blocking any of these guys from going anywhere." Kind of, at least to me, intimating mm-hmm. this might be it for Sean McVay. But if it is. You'd rather the Rams would probably rather him move quickly, and and so they can yeah. enter into this sweepstakes and maybe get Sean. Payton. Listen, and, and I I know Sean McVay has got some transcendent skills. I I I can't help but think he is just not worth this kind of commotion that people make about him. If you were going to ask me who the impact coach in the NFC West was, I would say it's Kyle Shanahan and it's Pete Carroll. Sean McVay is good, and there's things he's really good at, and he's got a photogenic memory, and he and he's got great energy, and he relates to players. But the idea of him being this incredible offensive mind—they barely eked their way through last year's playoffs with they by did. far the best team. But so again, I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on him. But they did. They did eke through. They did. Um, I, I just, I, I consider, I, I can't get past what you said either. When, when the going gets tough, the tough go to TV now. Is that, mm-hmm. is that how that works? It's kind of it, the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sean McVay's 36 years old. I know. And it's, so so the idea of a coach staying and grinding through the hard times, that's, that's kind of going out the window too among the best in the profession. They're finding ways to get out just when they know things are getting bad. Yeah, so uh, the Sean Payton interview will happen with the Arizona Cardinals. It can't happen unless, just like the, you know an interview in Denver or Houston can't happen until January seventeenth, according to the parameters laid out by the by the New Orleans Saints. So we won't have any resolution on this uh, mm-hmm. until the middle of next week at the earliest. Uh, the other candidate we mentioned this in the splash, D'Amico Ryan's requested um, the the Cardinals requested an interview with him. He's the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, and I think he's an intriguing candidate. I don't think he's the right candidate at this time for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals can go down that road again. You know, an inexperienced guy who's never been a head coach. No. He's only been a coordinator for two years. He's only been an NFL coach for six years. No. He's going to get his opportunities. I don't think that opportunity should be here or now for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. I agree with that. And because, A, you, you don't know if he's going to be a guy that is just a, a very good defensive coordinator. Again, these are two completely different jobs, completely different skill sets. Some people breeze through it and, and are you know natural-born leaders. Others struggle with it and are not quite what you think they're going to be. Take a look at take a look at the dude Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, uh-huh. who claimed as a great offensive coordinator in Green Bay, completely overmatched. Don't even have to bring up our guy in this conversation. But it it's yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. So I, I think you go and you interview him because it doesn't hurt if you're casting your net far and wide. You go and you do it. But I'm with you. There's got to be a level of experience to this hire for the Cardinals. Yeah, former no NFL uh, executive Michael Lombardi. Um, Jared, I'm guessing PMS stands for Pat McAfee Show. 
That's or is correct. Michael in, Lombardi in, just in a bad mood? No, in this, ah, con- ah, in this ah, context, ah, yes, ah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, he says here that the uh, Cardinals more likely to go in-house than Sean Payton. I do think in Arizona, if you study the Bidwell family, Michael Bidwell, his father, Bill Bidwell, this is not typically something they do. They've never turned over the organization to a coach and just said, you run it. Yeah, Buddy Ryan was in there, and he brought Joe Woolley with him, and Bruce Arians came in, but there was already Steve Kime was there. This is not their modus operandi. I, I get the sense from listening to people, oh. Adrian BM, they want to hire a GM first. And if they hire Adrian Wilson, I think Vance Joseph has a really good chance to get this job. If you watch the last game of the year, they played hard on defense. They didn't play great, but they were playing hard. They got the 49ers to punt in the second quarter. I think the players respect Vance. I, I can see that going a long way. And I, I'm not sure they're ready to go down, give one coach all the authority and let him run the organization tree. Uh, that, that's an interesting soundbite, what Lombardi says. He says this is not their, their M.O. That's true. But then he gives two examples of what it, they it did exactly that. Buddy Ryan had complete control of the Cardinals yeah, when he took right. over. Yeah, and that probably traumatized the Bidwell family and the Bruce way Arians that he handled it. had a lot of personnel power mm-hmm. as well because he was working with a first-time GM in Steve Keim. And, mm-hmm. and they worked early in their tenure together, worked in lockstep, and it worked out very well. So I'm not buying that, that they're, they're not going to do that because that's not something the Bidwells do. They've done it twice. I think Vance Joseph, I like Vance Joseph. He's got head coaching experience. Yeah, I just think if that's the result in this whole process of top to bottom changes in this organization and it's guys that were here that were part of the problem, the fan base will respond in kind and it will be mm-hmm. an apathetic response, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think you're right. I think that, as I've said before, to me, the number one most important thing is to get the right GM piece from the outside here. Um, after that, I think that's the most important thing to me. But but I do agree with you that there's going to be some letdown. I do think that you do need to get uh, fresh culture from top to bottom here. I know that there are people who firmly believe that Vance is going to get the job. I, I've talked to people who, who say that Vance believes Vance is going to get that job. Wow. So I, I, I think that, to me, this is something where it, Michael Bidwell might surprise us. He might not. I, I hope that he's going to execute on what we think he's going to do, which is at very least get in front of Sean Payton, because I think if he gets in front of Sean Payton and Sean Payton sketches out his outline for Kyler Murray, I think Michael Bidwell is going to go, that's the guy. Now, uh, is money holding Michael Bidwell back? No, don't don't fall down that trap, because number one, we don't know if there were any levels of protection in the Cliff Kingsbury contract, even if there weren't. Michael Bidwell, so everyone understands this, is not swallowing two contracts. Steve Keim was not fired. Steve Keim left the organization. So whatever that contract is, Steve Keim walked away from it. Uh-huh. So so there's that. And then there's the Cliff Kingsbury. It's not the money thing. It's the fit and the power. It, 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 there's definitely something to do I feel good giving Sean Payton all of this. If Sean Payton sits in front of Michael Bidwell and goes, Hey, Mike, remember that time we were drinking Kool-Aid together? <laughs> Talking to Dan Deardorff? <laughs> Talking about Doblar? Jim Harg? Pat Tilly? They start doing dueling gambos. Like M- Michael Bidwell and Sean Payton start doing dueling gambos. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Bonding over it? A dream. It would be, it would. It'd be phenomenal. Terry <laughs> Metcalf! <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Suns continue their road trip in Minnesota and maybe, maybe a little bit of health 
coming to them uh, on the roster tonight. We'll get into that and more straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Friday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That angle there, I, got, I think I stepped on somebody, somebody's foot behind me. <laughs> behind me. So I finished the jump hook. And I think my left leg just drifted off behind me and I twisted it. So I think um, it feel like a day by day. I ain't, ain't much ankle stopping me right now. I'm on a mission. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be up on my feet. That was Sunday night. DeAndre Ayton talking about his left ankle, not worried about it. He's missed the last two games because of that left ankle, so the mission has been uh, delayed a bit. Uh, Suns are in Minnesota tonight. There has been an upgrade for DeAndre Ayton from out to questionable for tonight's game, mm-hmm. and that could be updated as we go along. So maybe a little bit of help. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't solve all the Suns' health problems. Uh, they still have Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, and I'm, I'm not even throwing. Jay Crowder in there. There is. They still don't have Jay Crowder. He's not coming back. He was never part of this team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just eliminate him from the conversation. But they're still beat up going into this game. But what could be, if you get an effort like you got on Tuesday in Golden State, Bick, this could be a winnable game for the Suns. Yeah. And if you if you can come back, uh, because they got Memphis on Monday afternoon, that's going to be a real tough game against a really good basketball team. Mm-hmm. But if you can come back from this trip at 2-2, two and two, that's a major victory. Yeah, I think it's a morale victory. I think, yeah, listen, if if these are the hang around sons, meaning meaning hang around five hundred until we get fully healthy and let's see what we can do if we roll the dice like that, then yeah, I, I think this game has got a little added importance because I'm with you. I don't think they beat Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. Uh so yeah, this is uh this is the opportunity. They're rested. They know that that with the right effort and the right sort of focus they mm-hmm. can pull this off. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is kind of a relatively Important game. Yeah, there's a piece on ESPN.com that Kevin Pelton put together talking about you know what 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 moves teams can make to improve after the trade deadline, and he doesn't even get into trades for the Suns. He puts it all on DeAndre Ayton's back and says, "Just play better." He's been unspectacular. Oh yeah, uh, based on mm-hmm. uh, you know the the average uh, production by NBA centers, DeAndre Ayton is just a tick above that in some categories. Listen, so I I, ag- I agree with that. He needs to be better. I was uh, I was thinking about this yesterday. There was that an- another anonymous source ripping into Kyler Murray, which I'm sure we'll get back into again later yesterday about a guy that sort of like drifted off and got la- a little bit lazy once he got paid. Mm-hmm. Could you say the same thing about DeAndre Ayton? Um, I don't know if lazy. He's the right word, but but he certainly hasn't taken a collective, uh, consistent step up. No, and and that's it. Just it's it gets again the frustration. It's up. It's down. It wanes. It's out. During the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, I really believe wow the Suns are going to get a championship here, and we are never going to regret Luka Doncic ever again. Now we're in a period where Da is now back in disappointment mode, and Luka is just lighting fools up, and it's. It just never ends. It's really, I. It's it's a most unfortunate element with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, this stupid little adjunct, if you will. Yeah, the, and the fan base is on pins and needles right now because of uh, the injuries and the fact that James Jones has a player to trade and hasn't traded him yet to try to get some some help in here. 
Uh, and it, it, you know, they're, they're doing the judge smells. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> There's a lot of things factoring into this. And, and Brian Windhorst of ESPN has been reporting on this and he had another uh, report on it yesterday on these holdups and trade difficulty for the Suns right now in this ownership interim. We know that they've got Jay Crowder sitting out. You know they're desperate for players. So you're saying, why will they not trade Jay Crowder to get help? And the reason is, is they've got three quasi-owners. Like, nothing I've seen before in my 20 years covering the NBA. They have Sam Garvin, who is the acting owner right now for Robert Sarver, who is in the middle of selling the team because he is suspended. But while Sam Garvin has said he has the authority to make trades, he actually doesn't because under the rules that the, the league put down under the suspension, Robert Sarver is allowed to, to say yes or no to any trade for a player that makes over $10 million, which is who Jay Crowder is. Any trade almost certainly has to go on Sarver's desk. Meanwhile, Matt Ishbia is going to try to take control of this team within the next month. I'm not sure that the league is going to get through with their vetting process, but he's hoping to get control of the team ahead of the trade deadline so he can have a decision on who the trade is. So the, the, the Phoenix Suns front office, James Jones, is trying to help his team. He's got different people saying yes or no that he's got to sign off on. It's mm. very, very difficult for them to get something done, not mm. to mention the trade market's tight. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's a weird situation. Uh-huh. I know there's a faction of Suns fans that will be pointing right at Robert Sarver saying, what are you doing? Why are you holding these things Come up? On, Why man, you get just out of the way, it? dude. Jay Crowder's like six hundred grand over that threshold of the average NBA player salary. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Then there's other people saying, well, we don't know if that's happening. James Jones is a very deliberate, patient GM, something he's been lauded for in the past, but is mm-hmm. it coming back to bite them now in this situation? And the Matt Ishbia yeah. thing, after that wave of, hey, this is going to be the guy, you know, it's been a long time since we've gone through this process, but it's been very quiet on that front. Well, it's weird because a lot of people have pointed out that James Jones's legacy is really going to be tied to how he handles this and whether or not he can sort of lift this window of opportunity back up and give this team a real shot. Uh, because there's been a lot of weird stuff that's gone along the way. I mean, you know, you know the kind of season Tyrese Halliburton is having and what kind of player he is becoming, and it's that miss. That's yeah. You talk about the miss of 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 Doncic versus Aiton. How about Jalen Smith when Tyrese Halliburton was sitting there right in front of you? Okay, but let's, Tyrese Halliburton has been, uh, oh. he's commiserating with the Suns now because he's out for two weeks. <laughs> okay. But he's, he's been, yeah, fan, he's he's been all, fantastic. He's an all-star in my opinion. He's been fantastic. Yes. Um, and so this is, uh, yeah, this is something where I think that for a guy that's got this alleged legacy kind of on the line here, the 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 deliberation and the patience is quite something. And, you know, again, he's been asked by Gamble on a couple of different times if there was anything standing in front of your way. And he's continued to say kind of very slippery. He's kind of intimated that, no, not really. But clearly, listen, uh, Brian Windhorst is an, is an A-level reporter in the NBA. Yeah. He's got people telling him stuff. Yes. It's and frustrating. It is frustrating. Wouldn't you like to hear James Jones answer that question in his weekly visit this week and just say, yeah, Robert Sarver will not sign off. Yeah, on he it. will not sign off on it no matter what I do, no matter who I bring him. Boyan Bogdanovich, Grayson Allen. Kevin Durant. Kevin just, Durant. Not right. happening. Not happening. I'm just fascinated to see what happens when the Jay Crowder trade finally happens. And if we're all left saying that was what we were waiting for, I hope this is worth the wait. And it's not something that they could have just got, you know, three months ago that could have helped the team and give them depth but, all this time. But what would make it worth the wait? 
They're not getting a star player for Jay Crowder. Yeah, it, it's no. It, Vinny's right about this. They're not getting I mean, you, a star you, player. You, you would Jay hope Crowder. that they could at least get a top seven player, right? Somebody be the first or second guy off the bench, or else what was this whole thing for? Well, I don't disagree with you there, but I, I think there's there's another group of. What was this whole thing think, for? We we're, it, that that's, that's one of life's great yeah. mysteries, right, man. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. We still don't know what caused this whole I rift. mean, the other day, though, there was a report that the Suns were involved for Jalen McDaniels, a super exciting young player the Suns could use exactly what he brings. Gambo, not happening! <laughs> not happening! <laughs> so and Suns fans like, oh, never, come on, can something be happening? His name was never even brought up, according to Gambo. <laughs> can something be happening? <laughs> That's not all. Happening. Not happening. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we'll go around the NFL. Some big quarterback news in different NFL cities. We'll hit on all of them next. It's quickly a Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. I don't have any really thing to add on that. No updates at this time. Because fans do, they they go and they say, "Oh, this has to be contract related." What do you say to fans that think that that's the reason of this? I don't really have anything to say to them right now because I'm focusing on the game. You know, really, I and mean, that's really that's what we're focusing on. So that's it, really. That is John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, getting ready for a playoff game this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Will not have the services of Lamar Jackson. It was a question mark going into the week. He hasn't played in a while, hasn't practiced in a while. Uh, and yesterday, Lamar Jackson kind of put matters into his own hands and put mm-hmm. out a uh, social media post that said, Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you an all, all an update. <clears throat> I'm in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3. There's still inflammation surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits. As I continue with treatments on the road to recovery, I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give, <clears throat> man, 100% of myself to my guys and uh, fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. Yeah, so that tweet is basically him waving the white flag and saying, I will not be able to play football this weekend yep. in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals. The the John Harbaugh reaction to it, though, it sounds a little sounds a little agitated Yes, in, in how he ta- he's choosing to talk about Lamar Jackson, which is interesting to me because fundamentally... I, I look at this, and, and Lamar Jackson has got a lot on the line here. A lot of people are going to think, oh, is he is he not doing it because he doesn't have a contract? Is he putting his his contract over the team? And I, I know a lot of people are going down that road, but Lamar Jackson's never been that guy. In fact, to the contrary, Lamar Jackson was the guy who was willing to bet on himself, who was willing to play all this season without yeah. a contract. So I remember I, having the discussions yeah. at the beginning of the season. It's refreshing but foolish all but at foolish. the same time. Yeah. And so, he didn't even miss like OTAs or off-season no. workouts. He showed up for the whole thing. So yeah. I, I do not, and I refuse to believe that Lamar Jackson is milking this injury or suddenly um, playing it safe to protect his financial interests when he's put them on the line the entire year long. No football player who loves the game would duck out of a playoff game for money. 
and and Lamar Jackson has proven he loves the game. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Uh, a lot of and with this now, uh, the new development, he won't be there. And it sounds like even if Baltimore gets by Cincinnati, it doesn't sound like he's close to being able to play. So if the Ravens yeah. can extend this playoff stay, they're probably going to have to do it without him. Has he played his last game for the Baltimore Ravens, Dan Graziano? I think there's a chance. Yeah, I. I I still look because it's not it's not a dysfunctional organization, right? And he's not a, a, a malcontent player. I think you have to assume that there's there's a chance they could still work something out. But you know, if he's going to insist on guaranteed money like he did last year, and they didn't want to pay him guaranteed money last year, you know, fully guaranteed contract like he was asking for, and now you're in a situation where two years in a row you haven't been able to finish the season. And you're going to miss a. Seems like he's going to miss a playoff game against the Bengals, a division rival, no less. I just feel like that's going to hurt his chances of getting what he wants. Yeah, that whole sticking point on the guaranteed mm-hmm. money, the hundred percent guaranteed money, man. Again, I don't the, get Cle- it. the Cleveland Browns just absolutely screwed everybody. In yeah, the they kind of did. Kind of did because you know if the Ravens aren't willing to one hundred percent guarantee Lamar Jackson's contract and his career there is over, who's going to do it? Nobody's going to give him a hundred percent. Yeah, but guaranteed. I mean, but what's what's more foolish? Is it more foolish to stand on principle and say I'm not doing this unless you fully guarantee everything, or taking a Kyler Murray seventy percent guarantee yeah. and banking on yourself that way? That if I'm as good as I think I am, they're going to pay me regardless. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray both got in the neighborhood a neighborhood of hundred and sixty million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Somebody gives Lamar Jackson 170 of whatever, you know, guaranteed of whatever that contract is in, yeah. in the big picture. I think that's fine. But Except don't you feel like that he, even more than Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, he feel, fears injury going forward? And then all of a sudden, all you get is that guaranteed money. No, I, I, no, I don't I, think, I, I don't he, think I don't it's think that he, at all. I don't think he fears injury at all if you watch the guy play. I, I don't think that's even a, 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 a consideration for him. And you you don't think another team would give him 100%? A quarterback desperate team with, there's probably a dozen out there? No, because when I, quarterbacks we, like this don't come on the market? No, because you said, d- d- Lamar Jackson afraid of getting hurt. No, he's not. Other teams are. With the way that he plays, mm-hmm. it opens itself up for injury. Are you going to tie yourself to a guy um, who, who you know, will he be the same I, after this? I think I think Lamar Jackson is really uh, getting held up on that principle of I am going to I am going to restore this to a hundred percent guarantee. I'm going to lead this position to to that level of financial security, and I think he's he's barking up the wrong tree, especially with a franchise like the Ravens. You know what's interesting to me? I saw this stat; it blew my mind. Baltimore Ravens entering this year, 76% of their roster was homegrown, home-drafted players. 76%? 76%. I don't know what the Arizona Cardinals w- were, but I because the list only had the top 10. 7 or 6%, I think, was the <laughs> Right, so, right, exactly. But I'm, I'm sure the Cardinals do not fare well in that category. Uh, actually, the Cowboys were number one, Vinny. They had over I saw 80, that stat yeah. earlier this year, yeah. Yeah. Cowboys, Ravens, Rams, Colts, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, Saints, Bills, 49ers, Chargers, Patriots. Well, here's, I mean, here's their roster uh, as it stands right now. Zach Allen was drafted by them. Mm-hmm. Zaven Collins, that's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Demukeji, three. Michael mm-hmm. Dogby, four. Mm, Lecky Fotu, five. Mm, Marcus Golden doesn't count because he left, right? He's homegrown, but he left for a while. We'll count him. Okay. Six. Yeah. Um, Keontae Ingram, seven. Josh Jones, eight. Jesse Lucetta, nine. Christian Matthew, ten. Trey McBride, eleven. 
My J. Sanders, 12. Isaiah Simmons, 13. Lasita Smith, 14. Cameron Thomas, 15. Jalen Thompson, 16. And Marco Wilson. Did you say Rondell Moore? Well, now I got to go through the eighty-six now guys. Get, on right, right, reserve. yeah, that's hard too. It's probably because I mean, they but used over right eighty now. players, but you're in the twenties, so you're probably at about. 25-30%. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, so that's so good. Good job on the fly, but that that does illustrate the difference. And because we know that part of the reason the Cardinals are in the in the leaky boat that they're in, it's because of that the mm-hmm. the, the horrible percentage of homegrown players that they do not, especially um, homegrown have. impact players. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr uh, gave his farewell to the fans of uh, Raider Nation. You can't even say Las Vegas; they haven't been there that long. It's it's more Raider Nation. Uh, but a uh, long Instagram post from him after he was benched and then sent away from the team because they didn't want him to be a distraction the last couple weeks. Uh, he had signed a $121.5 million contract extension last spring. In 2021, he said, quote, probably, I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. I'm a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life. It's the Raiders. Well, he's not going to be a Raider moving forward, and there seems to be a lot of speculation on landing spots for him. The The New York Jets made progress this year, mm-hmm. but they had to start three different quarterbacks. They, they had Zach Wilson, their quote-unquote quarterback of the future, and it's very clear that he is not cut out for the NFL. Mike White's an intriguing backup. Joe Flacco, the journeyman uh, veteran. Derek Carr could fit nicely in with the New York Jets next year, I think. And they'll probably pay. Their owner came out and said, I'll pay for the missing piece. Now, is Derek Carr the missing piece? That remains to be seen. Yeah, He's serviceable. I, uh, like I said, for whatever reason, I just see Colts stamped all over him. I just do, I, and I can't even explain why. See, I they think just, Flacco ends up with the Colts. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. joking. <laughs> uh, I think Lamar Jackson with the New York Jets would be a good fit. That would be a blockbuster. Yeah, that would be a and blockbuster. If, if uh, Woody Johnson's willing to pay, is he willing to pay 100% guarantee? Uh, here's uh, something in just now from uh, Ian Rappaport. The Arizona Cardinals have requested permission to interview Steelers senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach Brian Flores for their vacant head coaching position. Wow. That's a name that has not been mentioned in too many wow. circles uh, attached. I think there was one other team that had Flores on their coaching candidate list, but... Throw the Cardinals onto that, too. We can well, it's really, really odd since the Cardinals are involved in his lawsuit. That's yes. right. <laughs> That's Maybe they think this makes it all cool. Smooth it out. No, no, no. We'll That's, totally. Okay, this if we is, give you the job, will you this drop is the like a, This is like a Matrix mind trip right here. Hold on. They're going to interview Brian Flores. They've requested permission okay. to interview the Steelers. Wow. I mean, I mean maybe... Some of the you know people in the organization being gone, maybe that helps. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's the latest for me in Rappaport. We can uh, react to that. And another question with the Cardinals coaching search is Sean Payton the favorite for another job right now? One NFL reporter seems to think so. We'll get into that and more next. Typically, Murata mornings on this Football Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.